Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday night here with an episode titled How to Get Your Spouse, Your Partner, Your Husband, and Wife on Board with Your Healthy Fitness Lifestyle. So if you are the partner who is the healthier of the two, you're leading from the front, how in the world do we get our partner to be on our level? That is what we're talking about here. Heavily requested by you guys. Uh, my homie Travis Merritt actually sent me a short snippet on this. I've done a podcast as well previously titled How to Eat Healthy Despite Your Partner, where we talk about only the eating aspects of it, if you guys want to give that a listen. But I'm going to dig into how do we get our loved one to be you know, on our level in terms of living a healthy lifestyle. When I say healthy, I don't just mean eating. I don't just mean training. I mean, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally healthy um, in terms of finances, in terms of how you're spending your free time, how you communicate with each other, how you speak to each other, the words you use. Everything in life is, it's all fitness and it's all not fitness as we say here. So, uh, but real quick before I dig in deep, reminder, our 50 days of fitness challenge is kicking off on November the 11th. You guys have until November the 9th at I believe about probably midnight to register. Today is November the 8th, so you have about 36 hours to get down with that. If you're interested, hit me up ASAP. I have a podcast discount code for you guys where you can rock out with us the last 50 days of the year to hopefully you know, stay on track, not tank all the hard work you put in over the last 10 months, and then obviously just head into 2020 kicking ass and not feeling you know, bloated, lethargic, and gross, and feeling like you're starting back from square one. So that is out there for you guys. But Today's episode, which is heavily requested by you guys, how do I get my partner to live a healthy lifestyle? How do I get my partner to eat better? How do I get my partner to be more active or join a fitness challenge or join my gym or work out with me or just work out more in general? How do I get them to budget money? How do I get them to get better quality sleep? How do I get them to eat more green vegetables? How do I get them to make a real change in their life? The answer is pretty simple. You don't. And I know that's not the answer people wanted to hear or they thought I was going to share some you know, golden nuggets of information, but you do not get people to do anything. You can help them. You can educate them. You can try to motivate them and inspire them and you can lay out all the pieces of the puzzle, but they have to really want to do it. And I know a lot of you guys are listening to me like, well, what the hell is this podcast about then? But hear me out when I say this. You have to remember that if you're the healthy person in the relationship, whether you're you know, the more responsible person, you, you budget financially for the family, uh, you're the one who you know, takes care of you know, all the important things, you, you dot the T's, you cross the I's, you're the healthier eater, you're the more active person, you're just the one who... You know, kind of has their shit together uh, in, in a couple areas of life that your partner may be lagging behind slightly. You have to understand that you're being active and you're eating right. You're doing it for you. You're not doing it for them. And that's where the conversation has to start. You're not riding the assault bike for your wife. You're not doing burpees for your husband. You're not pushing a sled for your kids. Now, 
those people might benefit from you being healthier, happier, sexier. They might want to have, you know, if it's your husband or wife, they might want to have sex with you more because you're, you know, your your ass is super tight or your abs are smoking and they're attracted to you and so it spices things up in that, right? That's cool. And, you know, your kids might benefit from it because you have more energy and you can pick them up and you can play with them and you can do stuff. That's awesome. And your, your coworkers might benefit from it because you're a better team player. You're, you're mentally clear. You have things in check. You're just a responsible person and you're putting in the work. You have to remember, you are doing that for you. You're not doing it just for them. Even though they may benefit from it, you are riding the assault bike because you care about it. You are tracking macros because you care about how you look and how you move and how you feel. You are budgeting your money because you care about your financial future and your financial present, for that matter. Your spouse didn't ask to live the lifestyle you're choosing to live. I'll say that sentence again so you hear it. Your partner didn't ask to live the exact lifestyle you're choosing to live. So it's not fair for you to force them to do something that they didn't ask to do. And that's a conversation that I believe all partners should have. And I'm a dude who's been you know, married for basically 10 years at this point. I don't force my wife to do anything. I can't, first of all. Um, and it's almost comical to me when people meet her uh, and they'll say things and, and she'll share the stories with me. Typically, they do it when I'm not around or they think I can't hear. Well, is it hard living with Jeremy? Like, does he make you eat a certain way? Does does he make you exercise? First of all, you don't know my wife because I can't make her do shit. Uh, She's much more likely to punch me square in the face than do something I tell her to do. Um, even the most basic things, uh, for that matter, which I'll, I'll dig into later on this podcast of how you kind of go things in a roundabout way. And vice versa. She... We are both very stubborn. She can tell me nothing to do. Um, and even if she tries to, I will not listen uh, for sure. But the point I'm driving is I don't force my process on her. It's not how she operates. And I know that about her. And I would never try to do that. Now, early on in our marriage, she would maybe sometimes you know, try to, to force things on me. And it would be hard for her to understand. And again, I'm talking like way back when we first met. I'm in young into my 20s. Hey, Jeremy, will you just come here and have a couple of drinks? And I'd be like, no. Uh, I can't do that. Hey, Jeremy, will you just come? No, I, I won't do that because that was her lifestyle. That was socially how she interacted. And that was her process, but it wasn't mine. And I couldn't sacrifice my own health and my own happiness f- to the benefit of other people just to make her or them feel comfortable in a social setting. And as much as I love her and my friends and family and everybody else, I love myself more. And I know that might sound egotistical and narcissistic, but hear me out here. I have to put my mask on first. If I'm not healthy and I'm not happy and I'm suffering, I don't give a shit about their happiness because I'm dying inside. Like I know I, sometimes I can have a drink or two and sometimes I can't. And I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but coming from like an alcoholic background, like I can't control myself in certain settings. And I don't think you want a 220 pound gorilla who's had 20 beers running loose, peeing his pants and headbutting walls. It's not a scenario you want to be in. But my wife couldn't understand why I can't just go and do this. I'm like, well... Now she's been with me for a decade. She understands I'm an all or nothing human. So I had to pick and choose my spots. And that would be her trying to force her process and her lifestyle on me. No different than I'd be like, hey, Heather, come in here and push the sled with me for the next 30 minutes. And it's like, well, that sounds terrible. That's not her process. Now, she loves fitness and she loves to be active, sure. But she'd rather hike, bike, swim, paddleboard, or go snowboarding than do split squats and push the sled. I'm more about efficiency and I'm about the outcome as much as the process. She loves to play more than I do. 
So again, I can't push split squats in the sled on her, just like she can't push snowboarding on me. It's the same thing here, you guys. You have to know personality types. That's why your spouse and your partner didn't ask to live the lifestyle you're choosing to live. It'd be no different than them trying to force you to live a life that you don't want. So if you're with somebody who drinks more, if you're with somebody who eats shittier food, if you're with somebody who sleeps in and doesn't want to work out, how would you like it if they forced that lifestyle on you? You wouldn't like it one bit. Maybe you'd even rebel against it a little bit, right? You have to understand your partner probably feels the same way when you're pushing fitness, when you're pushing tracking macros, when you're pushing budgeting finances, when you're pushing not drinking as much on them. Now, again, I'll say this for the third time. My healthy people, I am with you. I think you're in the right. However, you can't go about it the way you're going about it. That's why it hasn't worked. In all seriousness, if you want to see your partner live a healthier lifestyle and jump on the fitness bandwagon or budget money like you budget or be more open emotionally with you, whatever the goal is you're trying to get from them from a health perspective, you have to lead by example and you have to have results to show it. The proof's in the pudding. It really is. Let them see how much stronger you're becoming. Let them see how you're losing weight, how you're dropping body fat, how the inches are melting away, how you're changing dress sizes or pant sizes, how you have more energy, how you have more mental clarity, how you're letting go of the comparison game shit, how you feel financially, you're you're becoming independent from the system and buying all the shit you thought you had to have, how you're looking sexier, and overall how you're just living a better, more mindful, gratitude-filled perspective lifestyle. That's the game. As we say here, more is caught than taught. They're going to catch you doing more things than the shit that you're saying to them. Because you can say all the right stuff, but when you put the pieces in play and they can actually watch the process that they can see you change, that, my friends, is where the power comes into play. And there's not a person on the planet who can't admire hard work and doesn't like really appreciate it, right? There's not a person on the planet who can't just stop and say, wow, I get it. Serena Williams dedicated herself to becoming the most badass tennis player of all time. There isn't anybody who says, wow, I understand the dedication Kobe Bryant has put in to chasing down Michael Jordan. He has given up his life. He's dedicated it to a craft. I can see it. It's inspiring. Even if you don't play tennis or you don't play basketball, you see the consistent, dedicated effort and time people put into something. We appreciate it. Your partner will do the same for you. I promise. They're going to watch you. They're going to see it happen. They might even challenge you at first. But when they see you, the person they see every single day, slowly changing, slowly living a better life, they're going to come around to the idea and they're going to be gravitating towards the decisions and the lifestyle you're choosing and you're making. Now, it might take longer for some of you than others if you have a stubborn spouse or, or honestly I'll say it this way if you're a woman trying to get a dude to do it I think it's going to take longer because we're men and we're stupid and we make dumb choices and we're sometimes more stubborn than women although I'll say this in the last two years I have seen much healthier men than I've seen the first 15 years of me being in this life and I don't know if that's the internet or technology is aging people down, or, or men are becoming more educated and they're not taking this, you know, 
overly masculine approach that they know how to do everything and that they actually do need help and guidance and coaching. I think that's probably a big part of it because for years I would see women come in here 38 years old, 45 years old, 52 years old women who are smoking hot, um, eating amazing, taking care of themselves, doing tissue work. You know, they have great hair, they have great skin, they're just doing all the right things and their husbands come in and no offense, you always wonder like what the hell is this this woman doing with this dude because this dude looks like a slob. Like he's a bag of shit who doesn't care about himself. And I'm not doing it from a judgmental standpoint. It's just the truth. Like they didn't keep up with their wife. Their wife was the, you know, if you're talking NCAA tournament, the wife was the one seed and the dude was a 16. And you, you just didn't really understand how that upset could happen, but it was happening. Now I see dudes leading from the front, which is really impressive. And it, it's nice to see the shift here. And I think education across the board has changed. So I will say this, if you're a woman trying to get a dude to do it, it's probably going to take a little bit longer. If you're a man, you know, and you're trying to get your wife to level up, I think she's going to be more inclined to make the change because women are tend to be just smarter than us and not as stubborn. Not, not always, but most of the time, at least what, what I've seen here doing this for, you know, 15 plus years. So again, you have to understand if you're the healthier partner, you're doing it for you. You're not just doing it for them, but they're going to come around when they're ready. That's the key. They have to be ready. And the problem is you can have all the facts in the world and you can list all the benefits, but that's not enough. It's, you know, it's not just what you want them to do. It's why you want them to do it. It's not just what you want them to do. It's why you want them to do it. Because the what is easy, you know, like here's what you should do. You should track macros. You should eat real food. You should exercise every day. You should get quality sleep. You should floss your teeth. You should get a massage once in a while. You should budget your money. You should probably spend less than you make. You should save for retirement. You should communicate your emotions. You should never go to bed mad. All these things are the things like what you should be doing. But for most people, that's not important enough. It's why you should be doing it. You have to drill down on that. And your why might differ from your husband's or wife's. That's probably the toughest part. It's understanding why we're doing the things that we're doing every single day. And honestly, if you look at life in general, it's why people do and don't do anything and everything. It's the value they see in it. It's understanding the importance of it for them. And what's the trigger that really sets them off? What's the thing that... I don't know, scares them straight and makes them make a snap decision and actually just flip a switch. And, I, and I'll give an example here. I don't know this, you know, 100%, but I'm pretty sure. I remember my dad smoked cigarettes for about probably the better part of, I don't know, 35, 40 years. And I remember, it, you know, like it was yesterday, like he smoked cools. And if you guys know what cools are, it's the cigarettes, they're the white box, green, and it was cool. K double O and L. I don't even know if they sell them anymore. First of all, I can't believe how expensive cigarettes are. I can't believe somebody would spend fucking $9 on a pack of cigarettes and smoke a pack a day when if you invest that same amount of money, you'd be a multi-multi-millionaire. Just insanity to me. But obviously that you know, comes with addiction and those things. But anyways, my dad would smoke cool cigarettes, uh, menthol. And I, I can still smell them to this day because he would just you know puff heaters like it was going out of style. Probably a pack a day. Maybe more, maybe less. But I remember one day he just quit. Um, probably in his mid-50s or somewhere in his 50s, he just quit smoking one day. And I think because uh, 
my uncle Mike had a uh, form of skin cancer, and I think, you know, had it got more serious as things kind of move on, I think that it scared the shit out of my dad, actually. Um, so kind of like the scared straight approach. And it was kind of like when you can see somebody's touched around you. And what I mean by touched is that you're not fucking invincible anymore. And uh, I felt that way for a long time. I always would joke. And this is crazy because I never thought I looked like Bruce Willis uh, until I got older. And now I look like Bruce Willis's fucking twin brother. But I always would, would joke with people. I felt like I was invincible. And probably until I was 20 years old, I felt like if a, a train crashed and everybody died, I would walk out like Bruce Willis and Unbreakable and nothing would happen to me because I had never been touched to that standpoint. And then I turned like 20, 21 and my terrible, you know, eating habits and drinking habits and the other stupid stuff I was doing caught up to me. And I felt like I was touched. I was not invincible anymore. Like, man, you can get sick. You can die. You're not invincible. You're not going to fucking live forever, dude. You have to take care of yourself. You have to invest in your health. And the things you're eating, the things you're drinking, how you're sleeping, how you're burning the candle at both ends, it's catching up with you. So that's kind of like, that was like my why. Like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing it because I value life. And I feel like I have a gift and I want to give it to the world. And I want to experience things. There's a lot of things I love to do. And I understand if I'm not healthy, I can't do them. So it became my mission to make myself the original transformation. I'm the original, you know, person who got from being unhealthy and unhappy and broke and depressed and you know suicidal to I'm the person now who like loves his fucking life more than anybody else and I love my process and I love what I do and I want to be the person who helps people become inspired to do whatever it is they want to do that's my why that's why we do and don't do anything and everything because it's the value that we see in it I value healthy eating because I feel now, when I eat a certain way, if I eat like an asshole, I wake up and feel like a bag of shit. I hate that almost more than anything. I hate feeling bad basically more than anything else on the fucking planet. I don't like to feel bloated. I don't like to feel constipated. I don't like to have a sinus infection. I don't like to have injuries. I do not like my body to not be running on optimal at all times. It hinders my creativity, my inspiration, my motivation. I can't be the best husband, the best brother, the best son, the best person to you guys when I don't feel good. I could not pump out this much of insane content. I could not train the way I train and be the person I am here and give my time, effort, and energy and show up for everybody every fucking day, 365, if I didn't feel good. So I understand the importance of it. That's my why. If I don't eat right, if I don't get quality sleep, if I don't train, I cannot be who I'm supposed to be. And the reason why people don't eat right, the reason why people don't budget money, the reason why people don't read books and don't do mobility work and they don't meditate and they don't floss and they don't you know, believe in you know, openly communicating with their husband and wife is that they don't find value in it. It's as simple as that. People aren't tracking macros. People aren't eating real food. People are drinking consistently because they don't see value in doing something different. They don't have a compelling enough why to make a change, to make a shift. They haven't been touched yet, if you will. They can't see the harm in doing things in real time. It doesn't seem real to them because it's not happening instantly. And that's what I want to drive it here. They can't see the harm in their behaviors today, even though it's slowly killing them over time. 
the issue is it's not instant pain when you eat like shit. It's not instant pain when you have a couple too many drinks. Now, you might get a hangover and you might have a food coma and you might be all constipated, but a lot of people are okay with dealing with that. They're minor discomforts, right? Now, I happen to hate that stuff, so I notice it instantly and it, it scars my brain for me to not do it again or at least hopefully learn from you know, the overeating and the overdrinking or, or not being active or just making poor choices. But the problem for most people is that pain is not instant. The suffering is a slow process. And it tears them down slowly over time. It's a slow death to get there. Think about it like 10,000 small paper cuts versus a gunshot wound. If you made these poor eating choices and it literally just, you know, felt like a gunshot wound, people would be less inclined to do it. When you ate 14 cupcakes, if it felt like burning your hand on a fucking stove, you probably wouldn't eat 14 cupcakes again. The problem is when you eat 14 cupcakes, it gives you this sugar high and man, I understand it. I, I get I, it's addicting. I really do. But you have to think of it as like these 10 small, you know, thousand small paper cuts over time that's killing you. And the fake example I'm going to give here is the boiling frog fable. Now, I believe like they've dispelled this myth like a million, you know, different ways over time, but it works for this example. And here's how I look at, you know, chronic overspending. And I'm not talking like, you know, if you're a person who's trying to get out of debt and you're spending, you know, an extra four bucks a day, it doesn't feel like a lot because oh, I'm only $4 over budget. But that $4 compounded over 365 days, compounded over 10 years, now we're talking real money. When you're just slightly overeating or you're having, you know, maybe one too many extra drinks or you're skipping one too many workouts, it doesn't feel real right away. So the boiling frog example, it's the fable of the boiling frog, if you guys are familiar. It describes a frog being slowly boiled alive. The premise is this. If you put a frog like suddenly into boiling water, it's going to jump out super quick because it's like, oh shit, this is so hot. It jumps out so it saves itself from dying because it knows danger is here. If I stay here for more than a few seconds, I'm going to be toast. And I value my life. It's our survival mechanism. So we, we jump out of it really quick. Now, the fable goes like this. If you put a frog in like tepid water, which is then brought to a boil slowly over time, it will not perceive the danger and it will basically just cook itself to death because eventually it will get too hot and it will just die. Now, this is not true in a real life scenario, but this is how I view people in their eating, in their training habits, in their, you know, how we brush and floss our teeth for that matter, how people spend their money, how people fail to communicate in their marriage. If it happened instantaneously, you would be like, well, fuck, I got to fix this is a problem, but it's that slow bringing to a boil it's the slow leak it's the 10,000 paper cuts over time that fuck people up that's the issue and that's what I want to get people to understand is it's not it's we always think it's the home run it's the lottery ticket it's the one traumatic experience that you know pushes us one way or the other and for most people it's not that it's your daily habits rituals and routines that ultimately seal your fate one way or the other we think like, oh, if I just get this bonus, it'll fix everything. Oh, if I just, you know, join this fitness program, it'll fix everything. Oh, if I just do this, you know, crash dieting protocol, if I just go vegan, if I just go keto, insert whatever 
bullshit fad at the time people are going to do. And again, I'm not judging anybody who does those protocols. If you can make it a lifestyle, respect. But for most people, it's the little things that are dragging you down that you don't think matter, but they do. The little things are the big things. And if you do the little things right, the big things take care of themselves. That's the secret nobody really talks about. So if you're the healthy person in the relationship, understand you're probably different people. You probably have different needs. You probably have different wants. You probably have different triggers. And you probably have different things that motivate you. And you probably have different whys. At the, you know, at the core level, they might be comparable and similar. But if you're different people from different backgrounds and different goals and you, know, you have different processes, which is probably the biggest thing is that your process is probably different. You have to know that they can't do exactly what you're doing. And they can't do it the exact way that you're doing it. So you, as the leader, you just have to take 100% ownership for your efforts and your actions. And at first, it's going to be a fight that you're going to probably just have to go alone. And understand that you're going to have to be the standard by which your partner gravitates towards and not the other way around. You can't let them drag you down. You just have to hold your ground. And I'll say this to you. If you stay strong... If you hold your ground, if you do things the right way that are sustainable for a lifestyle. Now, if they see you jump ship and do 19 different programs and change eating protocols every six months, nobody's going to follow you because you don't have a purpose. Your why is not deep enough. You're not solidified in a lifestyle. That's why, and I I share this story all the time, and I'll get back on track here in a second. Like, I remember when I got my first training cert, like back in like 2005, and I remember I started really getting into this. Now, before that, I had been a college athlete and trained, and, and I didn't eat like a complete asshole, but I wasn't this person that you see today. And I remember when I really started eating real food and tracking macros by pen and paper, and I'm never skipping workouts. I could work 15 hours in a day and still squeeze a workout in. My best friend came to me and said, hey, Jeremy, like, how long are you going to eat like this? And how long are you going to train like this? Like, When are you going to stop doing this? And I looked at him, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you know, when are you going to stop like, eating this you know, in, intensely and training this way? And I'm like, when I'm fucking dead, dude. This is all there is now. This is all I know. This is this is Jeremy as you know him. This is Jeremy 2.0, if you will. I've been reborn into this new lifestyle. And that's what you have to be. You have to hold your ground. Because oftentimes your friends and your family, and yes, even your partner, your husband, your wife, the person that is supposed to be the Batman to your Robin, the Jordan to your Scotty, the Shaq to your Kobe man, um, they might even want to see you fail. Because it's easier doing what they do. It's easier going to happy hour than pushing a fucking sled. I get it. It's easier to sleep in than wake up early. It's easier to to go to Cheesecake Factory and crush three pieces of cheesecake than ride the assault bike for 20 minutes. I get it. So your partner wants to see you fail sometimes. And your friends, your family, your coworkers, some of those people want to see you fail too. Especially if you're trying to change a culture... You know, instead of established ones. If you're the person who always had drinks, you're the person who always went to happy hour, you're the person who always, you know, ate donuts, you're the person who always kind of mocked fitness, and now you're the person who's, you know, for lack of a better term, you're outside the matrix. You took the blue pill, not the red pill, and now you can see the world clearly, right? Those people probably want to see you fail and stumble and fall, and they're cynics at first, because they don't, they've, or they maybe they've seen you jump programs before, and they don't think you can really sustain it and hold on to it. But pay them no mind. You have to stay focused and know that they will eventually come around when they see you making kick-ass progress. Show them how happy you are. 
Show them how energetic, how passionate you are, and it becomes contagious. It's like a positive cancer that spreads through the world. Um, and if they see it enough, they're going to become believers, especially if you're getting results. And that's the biggest thing. And all you can really do is you can't ask them to live your lifestyle. You can't ask them to use your process. You can't ask them to be you because they can't be. All you can ask them for is their support. Regardless of if they want to make a change or not, just ask for their support. There's no reason that they can't have your back just like they do in all the other areas of your life. You're a partner. You're a team. You're supposed to lift each other up. You might be the Jordan. They might be the Scotty or vice versa. It doesn't matter. They should support your decision just like you support theirs. If nothing else, they will respect your choices and not put you in bad situations or tempt you unnecessarily. Any good partner should be willing to accommodate you in that aspect of the change, regardless of if they want to do it or not. And it's been my experience over the past 15 years, if one partner is not willing to budge, the healthy one, if they're not willing to budge, they're willing to keep eating right, they're willing to keep waking up early, they're willing to keep making health a priority, making fitness a priority, making real food a priority, making budgeting finances a priority, making openly communicating with their partner a priority, whatever the, the thing is, a good partner should be willing to at least accommodate parts of those changes and accept you for who you are. And what I've seen over the past 15 years is they gravitate towards you. Like I said, it might not happen overnight and it might not happen as quick as you want, but I promise you, if you're leading from the front, you're a practitioner and you don't waver from being that person, from being the inspiration, from being the motivator, from being the person that you know they should look up to, they're gonna come around and do what you do. And the last example I'll give you is this. My wife has always been healthy, um, you know, and fit. And obviously when we were younger, we, we make stupid choices in terms of drinking and uh, maybe the, the shit we would eat and what we would do. But when I met my wife, um, she was normal in terms of uh, spending money and finances. And what I meant was she was a normal person, not irresponsible, not overly responsible, just normal. She had student loans. Um, she had a car loan and it was just basic and just, you know, kind of, you know, saving money for retirement, uh, had a little bit of money in the bank, but just not really planning for the future and doing things financially, what I would consider to be super responsible. She was normal. Man, again, I'm not judging anybody. If you have a car loan and you have student loans and you're kind of living, you know, not check to check, but you have a, a little bit of bucks in the bank and you're not really, you know, financially independent or super responsible, I'm not judging you. And that's who my wife was. And it was hard for me coming from my background of being dead fucking broke and not believing in debt and never having, you know, credit card debt and never having student loans and never having car payments and never, you know, basically, you know, financing things or, or living this kind of a lifestyle to see what she was doing and how she was living. And I could say things to her. And again, we're younger. So we're in our 20s, right? So imagine you have like this intense version of me who, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm super smart because I'm not. Most of you listening are way smarter than I am. But in terms of common sense and EQ, I do think I have something that a lot of other people don't. Uh, and I, I realize that as I, as I get older and older. So I'm 27, 28, and I'm saying things to her that have to sound utterly fucking crazy. Now, to me, they're normal. And I know to her, she has to be listening to me like, who is this alien that I'm going to marry? 
who is this crazy dude who wants to save all this money so he can like you know buy a building one day to have a gym in? Who, who is this fucking dude? Who is this dude who only wants to pay cash for vehicles? Who is this dude who wants to be able to retire when he's you know forty years old? Like who is this dude who who's saying all these like you sound like a crazy person? And I understand that, so I knew I couldn't approach it the way that I wanted to approach it because I couldn't make her change. I could tell her all the what's. Here's what I want to do. We're going to save 15% of our income for retirement. We're going to save for this building because I understand this is going to be our future for this. And we're going to, all the way down the line, we're going to get rid of your student loans. We're going to get rid of your car payment. We're never have another one the rest of our life. And we're going to pay off our house and all this crazy shit, right? I knew I couldn't just present her with the what. I had to explain to her the why. And I had to find something that mattered to her. What was the pain point for her? Heather, what do you want your life to look like? Not just the stuff you want to acquire. What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? How much stress do you want to have in your life? Do you want to have choices today, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now? Do you want to do something today that you at 47 thanks you for? And it's really hard to have those conversations with people up front because they can't see it paying off yet. And that's why I use the example. I can't use fitness because in my household, I could always show it. With the finances, I couldn't always show her. When we were dead broke and had no money, I couldn't show her that this was the right thing to do. That this was the thing that was going to change our lives. That this was the thing that was going to work 5, 10, 15 years down the line. Now she's a believer. But what I did do is I found other people to share the same message. So what I did, and I've shared this before on another podcast, some of the best money I ever spent was taking my wife to like entree leadership, to taking my wife to personal development conferences, whether that be Chris Hogan, Dave Ramsey, like a, a Christy Wright, a Tony Robbins, a, an ET, a, a Hardy, whatever it may be, and introducing her to other people or as she finds other podcasts that she likes or buying her audiobooks or buying her other podcasts of powerful women, which is what she you know associates with much more than men because she is a, a powerful woman herself who's in business and is successful and, and crushes it. So if I find her, okay, listen to Christy Wright, listen to like a Rachel House or whoever she's listening to. And now she's like, holy shit, Jeremy, are you hearing what these girls are saying? I'm like, well, yeah, I've been saying the same shit for five or six years to you, but you had to hear it from them. And you had to see it pay off in our life. You had to hear their story like you've seen our story evolve. And that's the takeaway. It's just presenting it to your partner in a way that matters to them and is important to them. And again, you can give them all the what's in the world, but sometimes they have to find out the why for themselves. And the best thing you can do is lead from the front. Lead by example, and over time, when they see the results, and they see the change, and they have a holy shit moment of, wow, what you're really saying and what you've really been doing is actually working at scale at a crazy level I never thought possible, then they're going to jump on board. But it takes you as the healthy, happy, more mindful, perspective, gratitude-filled partner up front to do the work for maybe a year, two years, three years, and four years until they come around. It's a patience game, and I know it's difficult, and I know it's tough because I lived it for a long time, but I promise you, if you stick to your guns, and you're solidified in your decision, and you just become a practitioner of it, and you keep doing the things that you know are right, that are making you personally healthier and happier, your partner will jump on board. At least that's been my experience for my household and my wife, and I think if I could bring her on the podcast this very second, she would say, 
as difficult as it was probably to hear me and listen to me and delay gratification for things and put things off, she would say I'm 100% right. And her life is 10,000 times better now because of it. And I'm not taking credit for it because I didn't make her do it. She chose to do it. I just presented her with the facts and put her in a position to be possible. And I did what I knew was right from day one. And I never wavered from it. I just kept my head down and I kept working. And I said, I know what? She is super smart. She is diligent. She likes to work hard. She is just you know, has shiny object syndrome at the moment. She is just not really seeing it from my point of view. And I can't make her see it that way, but I can keep doing what I'm doing. And over time, she'll notice and be like, holy shit, it really is working. It really is true. And all of you out there listening, if your partner doesn't value their health the way you do yet, if you just keep putting in the work, they're going to come around. And uh, if you're the freak anomaly with a partner who doesn't, um, Maybe just get a new partner. I'm kidding. I'm kidding completely. But what I'm saying is uh, more often than not, they're going to do what you're doing because it's the only option. And it might, t- I hate to say this, as sad as it is, it might take a touched moment for it to happen. And it might be them. It might be them, you know, seeing a, a loved one, you know, pass away or have a heart attack or have an illness or have something happen or they go in and they get some blood work that's not super promising or something happens where they become scared straight. And if that's what it takes and that's what it takes and then they'll know you've been right all along. And once that happens, they're 100% all in, man. Like there's no turning back. And so I don't know what side of the boat you're going to be on, but just know all you can do is live your life the healthiest, happiest way possible and have a why that matters and express to them as openly as you can. And, and if they adopt the same why, great. And if not, finding what you know their pain point is and just literally doing the best that you can do and knowing that they'll join you. Might not happen overnight, but if you stay strong, it will happen. At least that's been my experience and I think it'll be the same for you guys. So hopefully you guys enjoy that and how to get your spouse, partner, husband, and wife to you know, live a healthier, happier, more mindful lifestyle, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, all in one. So anything else you want to hear on the podcast, please shoot me a message, send me a DM, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, email, wherever you guys holler at me, I'm happy to record if I can speak on it with any intelligence whatsoever. If you're on iTunes by chance and you're on your iPhone, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Open up the podcast app. Scroll down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. If you're on your MacBook or iPad, just click the iTunes icon. Do the same thing. I truly do appreciate it. And share this with a friend, family member, especially if you're going to share it with your husband or wife. You know, Give them a little background on it before you give it to them. And you know, tell them you're not trying to change them, but just that you love them and you care about them and their health and their happiness and their future. And you want them to be around you know, for you and for your kids and for your family because you do really love them and you don't want to see them, you know, suffer and not be the best version of of who they can be. Because I think sometimes we do things, you know, out of love and out of the betterment of our partner and we almost try to force it on them. And because you've changed and because you've heard something or said something and you come to them with a cure, you know, you come, hey man, I got the cure for, you know, your, you know, proverbial cancer. And the problem is your spouse doesn't even know they have cancer. You're just trying to get them the cure to a problem that they don't even know they have yet. And I think that's where a lot of the issues lie. They don't think there is an issue. They don't think there is a problem. They don't see the why yet. So, 
Anything else you guys need, holler at me. Um, probably drop drop a podcast tomorrow if I can. I got a bunch of stuff in the queue for you guys, fitness-related and otherwise. Um, but if there's something you need, just hit me up. Otherwise, our 50 Days of Fitness is kicking off here in about 36 hours. So if you're interested, hit me up ASAP. I'll give you guys a podcast-specific discount code that you can enjoy, and we can rock it the last 50 days of 2019. But I got to get my own workout in now. Um, time for me to go push a sled. So... Until next time, everybody, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.